it is time to discuss the cutest, the fluffiest, and the most adorable, softest thing on the planet. Fur! And for us non-balding friends, we too have got fur right on the top of our heads. But because we are humans and the world has to revolve around us, we've created a name for fur for when it's on human beings. Hair! But if it's not the soundtrack to the Broadway tribal love rock musical, hair just doesn't have the same flair to it as the word fur does. I'm Zookeeper Deidre, and this is Weird Animal Facts Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. And we're talking fur, but in an adult way. So no children, please. And I'm serious, I'm just about to talk about some dicks pretty soon. But just what is fur? Well, it's cooler than hair, that's for sure. According to Merriam-Webster, the word bosses of the world, there are lots of definitions of the word fur. As fur can also be a verb, such as to cover, line, trim, or clothe with fur, or to coat or clog as if with fur, as well as many, many more. Fur, as a noun, has four different definitions. And for the purposes of this podcast, and not to waste any more of your precious time, our definition of fur, according to Merriam-Webster, is the hairy coat of a mammal, especially when fine, soft, and thick. And both of the animals of today have some remarkable fur. The chinchilla and giant river otter. As I said, there is no real scientific difference between hair and fur. What is different is where it grows. For both chinchilla and the giant river otter, it's all over their freaking body. As for us, we've got fur on our head, eyebrows, some of our chest, arms and legs, armpits, back, and even our ass. Some of us. Not me. My ass has no hair on it. But you'll never know because it's a podcast. You can't see my butt. It's thought that as we humans developed our wicked smart brain, that we began to lose fur in places that most other animals had. Why? Well, because we found something else to help keep us warm. The dead pelts and fur of other animals. Or clothes. We can call it clothes. It's called clothes. Even though at the beginning of time, when this first started happening, it was dead things that we cloaked upon ourselves. Anyways, as warm-blooded animals, it is important that we keep our body temperature in check. And we do this by the use of other things so that our highly evolved brain does not die. If we get too cold, then guess what? Our blood can get cold. And if our body temperature gets too cold, our brain stops working. At least correctly at first. And then it just stops working. And we could soon die. (laughs) So don't walk around naked when you're freezing cold. Okay? You're not a lizard. You won't survive. But it is the fur of the chinchilla and giant river otter that helps them survive. But in different ways. Chinchilla. 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 I think Jay-Z may be a chinchilla killer. Not directly, but in Crazy in Love, he did say his texture is the best fur of chinchilla. Or unless maybe Jay-Z isn't actually a lizard person, he's actually a chinchilla. Lizard people, are they real? Who cares? I'd rather have chinchilla people. Would I, though? I don't know. We'll discuss this possibly another time. Not today. Or maybe, actually, this might be more of a possibility. Maybe Jay-Z is just like 200 chinchillas posing as 
an international rapper, songwriter, and producer. I mean, I don't know. I, although I do think if Chinchillas were going to release music, it'd be more like Devo. You know, something with a bouncy beat. Chinchillas are an animal I have too much experience working with. I have had to hand-raise chinchillas, train them to come when called, and even witnessed one going down on himself. Fun fact, an erect chinchilla penis looks like a giant grain of rice made of silly putty that has been dropped on a dirty surface a few too many times, and then that grain of rice was then being extended, hence the silly putty. So think of a grain of rice meets Stretch Armstrong, and then chinchilla face goes down on it. His own face. Be jealous, boys. Chinchillas are a rodent, and they are the size of a beer glass, with the ears of a cartoon mouse, tail of a squirrel, hands of a pixie, back feet of a baby kangaroo, eyes of a frightened child, but the fluffiness of every cloud in heaven you can imagine. That's a chinchilla. They're little, they're cute, and yes, they are also adorable and super, 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 super fluffy. It's so fluffy I'm gonna die! And you just might because chinchillas are the fluffiest thing I have ever touched. And I use conditioner in my hair. But before we get too deep into the hair, we need to understand a bit more about just what is a chinchilla. It's cute, that's what it is. Quit asking questions, it's just a cute animal. What more do you need to know? It's cute! From the mountains of South America, the chinchilla calls the Andes Mountains home. At least they did. Stand tall and strong, my friends. As for the weak, allow your soul to soar as we tell the sad, sad truth of the wild chinchilla. Just like in today's world, the people of the 12th century Inca Empire needed to eat. So why not eat a skinny-ass fluffy chinchilla? <laughs> I mean, the chinchilla is nothing more than a ball of fur, but sure, they can eat it to eat their own. <laughs> to eat their own. <laughs> Some even kept them as pets, or farmed them the way that the peoples of South America today farm guinea pigs for meat. At least a guinea pig has more meat, so in my opinion, they got smarter from eating a chinchilla to the big guinea pig. Or they bred them that way. Who knows? I, this isn't the guinea pig episode, it's the chinchilla. For many generations and decades, the chinchillas lived a normal life with no risk of extinction. Not until the 1700s when fur became all the rage. Ooh. Up until the mid-1800s, people came and slaughtered these adorable little chinchillas to make coats. Do you remember how big I said a chinchilla is? Right, like, they're not that big. Like, who are they making these coats for? Other chinchillas? One with a birth defect or hairless? No way! I mean, what do they need a chinchilla for? Like, you can't make a coat out of one little chinchilla. No, in fact, that's not what they were doing. They were making these coats for the rich white woman. Oh, and by the way, a full-grown rich white woman of the time would have only been about, like, 5'1", which is a couple inches shorter than today's rich white woman's height, but about 10 inches shorter than me. But at least the humans are getting taller? Still short in my opinion, but whatever. However, to fully clothe even a woman of that ridiculous short amount of height, it would take over 200 chinchillas. So that means, by the 1900s, chinchillas were almost extinct from the wild. Humans are dicks! Humans are dicks! Humans are dick, 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 dicks! We're all dicks! Ha ha! 
Um, but what about all the chinchillas I see at the pet shop? <laughs> like those, why don't we just release those ones out in the wild if the chinchillas are endangered? The reason why we don't do that is because that would be like putting your six-year-old's basketball team on the court to play against the seven-time Olympic gold medal champions of the U.S. women's basketball Olympic team. Sure, it sounds good in theory, as it'd be a good experience for your daughter to play with the best athletes of the world. And hey, they always say that athletes perform better when they have a higher level of competition. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Everything! My guess is your child is going to get fucking creamed, and the way that translates into the animal world is... Dun, 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 death. Survival of the fittest, motherfuckers! But, but what's that? What's so great about a chinchilla, you ask? <laughs> Alright, go ahead and find one hair on your arm. But don't pull it out, you idiot. Alright, don't do that. Just look at it. And follow it down to the skin, to where the hair is rooted into the skin. And that root of your hair is called a follicle. We humans typically have one hair per follicle, maybe two, but typically one hair per follicle. However, though, our tiny little chinchilla friend can have up to 80 hairs per follicle. 80, as in eight, zero, 80. And each one of their hairs is extra thin to make room for all the other hairs. And because it's so thin, it actually made the chinchilla incredibly fluffy and a must-have for Jay-Z's closet. I mean, no offense to Jay-Z, but I think the chinchilla fur looks way better on the chinchilla than him. Then again, his face does need as much help as it can get. And he got to marry Beyonce. Like, what happened there? It's like if a Bengal tiger fucked an eye-eye. Eye-eye, it's a cool animal. Look it up. But it's weird looking. There's no excuse for how rich or famous you are. There's no reason to murder animals. I don't care if you're rich or famous. Don't do it. Just because it makes you feel pretty. Okay, relax. Like, I can get on board with killing animals so you don't die, like hunting, or like, you know, you're stuck in the woods, you need to live somehow. But I don't think anyone needs a chinchilla coat besides, um, an actual chinchilla. Besides, do you know how much maintenance chinchilla fur needs? Myself, having worked with them, I have taken chinchillas to presentations and have even allowed guests the opportunity to feel the fur. But the moment, even if it was just one person, or even just me, who touched their delicate fur... Well, now it's messed up. And not in the same way your cat claims their fur gets messed up after you touch them without permission. Because the fur of chinchilla is so fine, it collects all the nasty-ass oils that we don't even know is on our hands. So, just like when your hair gets greasy, you need to clean that shit out. And this part here is ultimately one of the weirdest things about the chinchilla, but not the weirdest, as we'll get to that soon. With that fine fur, combined with the high altitude of the Andes mountain range of where they live, if the chinchilla were to bathe in the same manner as us, like with water, their fur would collect all that water. It would end, it would not only weigh them down in a ridiculous way, but if it was winter up in those mountains, that water would then freeze and then they would die. So what's a chinchilla to do? Well, fine fur requires fine maintenance in the form of volcanic ash. Just how the women of the 50s would powder away that shine on their nose. The chinchilla would powder away their greasy fur with the ash and sometimes even the dirt of the mountains. Now, on the other end of things, you may be wondering about the heat because I just talked about the cold stuff. Now, in the heat, after all, I mean, there, there's also summer season and it can get pretty warm up the mountains, but... 
not as hot as you're probably thinking. Like the average summer temperature is around 20 degrees Celsius. And that's 68 degrees Fahrenheit for our non-metric users, aka USA. So it doesn't really get that hot, but they can get hot. But unlike you when you disgustingly sweat through your dress or how your dog pants their hot, soggy breath on you to cool down, chinchillas can't do either of that. They don't sweat and they don't pant. So that's when their ear conditioning comes into play. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> ear conditioning, like air conditioning, but with their ears. Ear conditioning. <laughs> Your kids will love that joke, I promise. And by the way, jackrabbits do the same thing to cool themselves down with their big ass ears. That's what chinchillas do too. What, what, what? Let's get cool. So I guess you could say that the fur of the chinchilla, just like the music and physical appearance of Jay-Z, is both a blessing and a curse. As are the scientific names. Scientific names are hard. There are two scientific names for the two species of chinchillas. We're going to start with the short-tailed chinchilla who has... You guessed it, a shorter tail. Also, by the way, rewind. Just so you know, this, I read scientific names only because I suck at it and I think you would enjoy it. So my roommate Emily writes them down and I don't read the scientific names till now. And it'll be fun. Although this might be easy because I have a feeling there's just like, let me just read it. Oh, would you look at that? The chinchilla's scientific name, short-tailed chinchilla, is chinchilla chinchilla. But let's see if the long-tailed chinchilla's scientific name is any more difficult. Somewhat. Chinchilla lagara. <laughs> and for those of you just tuning in, you're like, well, of course you're going to read scientific names. It's just the word. Well, <laughs> just wait. Or listen to other episodes, because I fucking suck at it. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot to share with you one of the weirdest facts about chinchillas. All right, so scientific names, go away. Moving on to two facts I've got to tell. Okay. Also, it has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about at all. It's just a fun fact that I want to share with you right now. Fun fact, when frightened or threatened to defend themselves, a chinchilla will stand up on their hind legs and launch their urine at the predator like a squirt gun. But not like the super soaker kind, but those like cheap ass ones you buy from the dollar store. Double fun fact that does have to do with what we've been talking about this episode. If the peeing doesn't work and the predator is able to grab the chinchilla, then their fur will just fall out, leaving the predator with a mouthful of fur. All right, that's it. <laughs> it's the transition song from going to one topic to the next. It's the transition song so that we have no awkward silence. Giant River Otter. If the North American River Otter was the pre-serum Steve Rogers, then the Giant River Otter would be the Captain America. Or maybe it'd be the Hulk to Bruce Banner, as the North American version is around 18 pounds and the Giant River Otter is more than twice that size. While the humble North American River Otter is no longer than a bed pillow, the Giant River Otter has been recorded of reaching the lengths of a full-grown man and probably smells as bad as one too. As a member of the musculid family, Kingdom Phylum class, order, family, genus, species, all otters are stinky. Do you know what other animals are in the musculid family? 
beaver, wolverine, polecat, weasel, and ferrets. And if you've never experienced a ferret's perfume before, then you may be surprised to discover that the ferrets, and the majority of the muscular family, have anal scent glands. That's booty perfume. Fun fact! The skunk was once thought to also be in the muscular family, but upon recent DNA analysis, scientists found that skunks are kind of their own thing. Their new family name of Mephidae, Mephidae, anyways, that word, however you say it, translates to mean stink. Unlike skunks, the musculate family can't spray their smell from their ass in the same sprinkler fashion velocity as the skunk. Musculids, like our giant river otter friend, will scent mark in various ways. Imagine a long, sleek back fur coat covering a giant slinky with baby webbed feet and an anorexic beaver tail as it scent marks in one of these various ways. One, a little kid in a new pair of socks on a freshly cleaned and waxed floor turning their ankles for their feet to give the floor a tiny slippery wave with every step they take. Or two, their back feet doing a happy dance and then, when reaching climax, their booty hops up into the air. Three, like when your dog finds a disgusting thing on the walk and rubs their face and chest all around in it like Scrooge McDuck sexually does his money. Or four, pulling their body across the ground like a child pretending to get sucked down into the quicksand. And if you're another giant river otter, then you will either be seduced or frightened away. That's the power of anal glands. Anal scent glands. Like the chinchilla, the giant river otter also lives in South America, but they live in very different habitats. While the chinchilla prefers the dry, higher elevations of the Andes Mountains, so to maintain that perfect, elegant hair game, the giant river otter has hair of that of a sleek back greaser style of pony boy and soda pop from the outsiders. At least, that's what the wet outside appears to be. And, in a way, it is. You see, the giant river otter of South America has two layers of fur. The outside is packed so tight that if you wore it as a condom, your lover would never feel how wet he truly made you. Disclaimer! Do not use otter fur or any other type of fur as a condom. Fun fact! I just went down a condom rabbit hole. According to my research, the first known condom was used by who else but the sexy Greeks, and it was King Minos of Crete who somehow convinced his wife to allow him to put a goat's bladder into her vagina. King Minos fact, his sperm supposedly contains scorpions and serpents, which in a weird way is kind of what sperm is. Continuing the condom fun facts. Then, the horny days with the ancient Egyptians went a step further and styled up the condoms by dyeing them different colors and used a linen sheath lined with sheep or goat bladder and or even intestines, which was said actually to help against diseases. Look at them over there. Even back in the day, the people back in Egypt, they cared about safe sex practices. Huh. Anyway, sorry to interrupt our otter talk with this long condom fact, but... In my defense, at least it was animal related. Because of the, the bladders, the goat bladders and the sheep intestines. That's those are animals. Weird animal facts. 
So the outside of the giant river otter's fur is waterproof. Why? So that the fluffier, airier fur underneath stays dry and can do just that. Stay dry. And just what is the job of the inner liner of the otter fur, you ask? Well, it's like when you go skiing or snowboarding. Think about the gear you wore. The outer layer is that silly-looking waterproof overalls or jacket. So that when you fall, not if, when you fall, and if you're like me, you will fall because you have no idea what you're doing. And will soon end up at the bar anyways. Anyways, so that when you do fall into the snow, your skin doesn't get wet. But because it is snow and you're on a mountain, it's going to get cold. So that's what your underlayer is for, like the underlayer of the otter fur. Oh, some of us get really cold and need all the works, like the long underwear, pants, sweatshirts. And if you've ever gotten snow down the back of your shirt, you know just how cold it is when that underlayer gets wet. So basically, the inner fur of the otter is to help keep them insulated, while the outside is to help keep all that cold water shit out. Interesting, though, for the giant river otter, who's also called the river wolf, they are not only the largest otter species, but also the largest member of the musculid family. But its fur is the shortest of all the other otters. But because of these fur adaptations, specifically the tightly packed guard fur on the outside, the giant river otter can spend their day stinking the place up, and they don't even have to groom. Although some may say that adding stinky perfume is a form of grooming, but anyways. Another fancy fur that the river otter has are their whiskers. Just like the whiskers on a cat. Helps them sense its surroundings, so does that of the giant river otter. Only, unlike the cat, the surroundings of an otter is the river. And I would argue that the giant river otter's whiskers are way more sensitive than a cat's. Only because their whiskers are underwater and can feel changes in water pressure and currents. Um, but what does that matter? Well, if you listen to the shark or gharial episode, then you already know. It allows them to hunt with excellent precision. By sensing changes in the water, the otter's whiskers let the otter know when food is near. And predators, too. But since a giant river otter is quite literally a giant, there really aren't any predators going after a giant otter, aside from, I don't know, maybe the side effects of man? Dun dun dun! Whoa, how did we get so dark all of a sudden? Well, I hope you're not afraid of the dark, because it's only going to get darker as we learn the truth as to why this giant beauty is endangered. What? You did not say that earlier. I, I only listened to this episode because, because it was about two cute fluffy things not to hear about death and why man is to blame. Uh, it's always man's fault, isn't it? It's never the woman. Oh, I guess it is the woman's fault that we can vote now, but <laughs> let's get back to the sad stuff. Greed. Riches. Fancy boys and girls must have it all. Gold. Gold is what drives the man insane and is destroying the lives of these majestic giants. I know I'm trying to paint a picture and give you a, a rich, villainous bad guy to blame, but honestly, um, honestly, some of the reasons for the giant otter's endangerment is because common people along the Amazon and Pantanal River are, are just trying to make a living via gold. 
Gold! The envy of all men, the accessory of every woman's fantasy. But at what cost? The cost of the giant river otter. But what does gold have to do with giant otters? And how could something so beautiful harm anyone? To understand this, you need to know how gold is mined. Many of us in the States were taught about the gold rush that brought so many people out west in search for fortune. And what many museum exhibits tell us is that to find gold, you must go to a water bank and scoop up some soil from the bottom of the river into your pan and swirl it around in a very boring and tedious process till all you can see is gold dust that would eventually settle to the bottom of the pan. As a child and as an adult who does every activity I do when I go to a museum, I've done this many, many times, I can say that I hate gold mining. I would not do well back in those days. Plus, they probably wouldn't let women do it anyways. Plus, it's not fun and it takes forever. There are definitely better ways to make a living. And I'm guessing that the prospectors of the California gold rush also found this process boring as hell, as well as couldn't help but think about all the missed gold flakes and dust that might have accidentally seeped through their search. I mean, there's got to be a better way. And there was, just with mercury. By adding the high density of mercury to their copper pan of mystery, the gold particles would bind to the mercury and sink so that the water and extra sediment could simply be washed back into the water. And then the humans could later burn away the mercury and have gold. What a smart way of getting gold. And with no consequences. <laughs> I mean, that is if your only concern is profit. If you know anything about mercury, then you'll know this. It is a naturally occurring element in the Earth's crust. It's also toxic. Bernie tried to warn us. That song really was a metaphor about the damages of mercury gold mining. Dun, da, da, da. Cause my taste for gold, they're gonna die. Your toxic touch is bad for the otters. I'm addicted to you, but I know that you're toxic. Think about it. That's what she's saying. Mercury gold mining is murder, you toxic bitch. Hey there, you dummy at home. I'll bet you're wondering, how can mercury be bad? All it does is give us gold and tell us the temperature. Where's the evil in that? Besides, it's all over, in nature, all around us. How can something so natural be so hated. Ha ha. Those darn hippies are at it again, trying to trick us. Actually, it's not just the hippies who care. We all should care, and here's why. It's now time for Actually Actual Facts with me, Ashley. Hi, nerds. It's your girl, Ashley, here with some Actually Actual Facts about Mercury. So the mercury used that's actually bad is actually the liquid mercury they use to separate the gold from the sediment. The actually naturally occurring mercury is actually in the crust of the earth called cinnabar. Not cinnabon, you whore, cinnabar. And actually turns to liquid form when heated. And what's actually 
really bad, like really, is the air vapors that come off the liquid mercury. And all of these gold mining operations in South America, they're all just trying to make a living, but have to breathe in this toxic air. Like that's not actually cool at all. And actually it's not just the air vapors. It's also the runoff. Like seriously, mercury actually is very dense. Like some of your brains <laughs> and has a high surface tension. So that means it can slip into cracks just like my shady ex-boyfriend. Chad, if you're listening, you're such a dickhead. Get out of here. Get a job. That means tiny bits of mercury gets into the water and plants and animals actually live in that water. And there's actually this process called biomagnification. Think magnification, like bigger, making something bigger. Meaning when a little critter filter feeds in the mercury-tainted water, it's actually now getting mercury into its body. And similar to the greenhouse effect, when mercury gets in the body, not much comes out. It just stays there. So as more and more mercury gets into those little critters, and then there's even more mercury buildup inside them. Then when an, another animal eats that animal, the mercury level actually increases and actually continues to increase as it goes up the food chain. And get this giant river otter is actually at the top of the food chain so they are like the ones actually being seriously negatively affected by mercury poisoning and do you know how toxic mercury is like really like actually do you know it's like it, it like actually fucks you up and i'm not just talking about that one time when i got high on mushrooms and tripped on acid and thought my brain was literally melting because no, that's not what was happening. And I'm, I'm talking actually, not psychedelically. Anyways, people should actually figure out what they're going to do about this as mining is the number one reason for mercury poisoning in the world. Like, actually, get your shit together, Earth. Like, actually. This has been Actually Actual Facts with me, Ashley. Bye. The side effects of mercury will actually affect the nervous system, digestive system, immune system, liver, and kidneys. You know, all things that you need to survive. And when doing studies, scientists found that the fur of various groups of giant river otters had high levels of mercury in them. <laughs> Plus the fish they ate have high levels of mercury recorded, and not all those fish stay in one spot. That means that when those fish migrate, they can expose other animals and even humans who eat those fish, and then they become infected with mercury poisoning too, via biomagnification. The river otter is already endangered, and it has been for a while now. Even before gold mining took off, giant river otters were threatened by overhunting and not to mention habitat loss. Between 1960 and 1969, nearly 13,000 skins were hunted. And that's just what was recorded. Nor is this including how much of the habitat was destroyed by big companies mining, who literally ripped apart the lands and rivers like a spoiled child does their birthday present. As adorable as these giants are, well, what can we do? Luckily, the Convention of International Trade in Endangered Species and Wild Fauna and Flora has helped. And possibly more luckily, they have an acronym, CITES, C-I-T-E-S. And what CITES has done is made all trade 
of the giant river otter's pelts prohibited. But since CITES is an international agency that only sees over the plants and animals, it can be hard to regulate other factors such as the distribution of metals like gold and mercury. But that's where local legislation comes in. And there are many out there working hard to help protect these giants, as well as many conservation efforts such as the Wildlife Conservation Society, local national parks, university, and even ecotourism. If you want to help, you can actually donate to any one of the many conservation efforts. And I will actually provide some of these links in the episode description so that you can learn, donate, and even spread the word. If there are more people who know about this, that means that's more people who can annoy the government into doing something about it. I mean, after all, it worked for weed. Why not wildlife? Speaking of annoying... Scientific names are hard. It's now time for me to read the scientific name of the giant river otter, which will probably be much worse than the chinchilla. Must worse this worse than will be much worse than the chinchilla. Whew! I can't even say normal words. Let's see it. PT. All right, I don't know how is is, is the P silent like in pterodactyl? Yeah, we'll do that. Terranora, Terranora, Terranura. Barcelinesis. Terranua Barcelinitis. Is pterodactyl, is that, is that Latin? Like, like scientific names are Latin? P-T-E-R-O-U. I'm not even spelling correctly. Who cares? I mean, some of us care. I'm sorry if I'm insulting you. Let's just end this segment before my brain has an aneurysm. Aneurysm. That's the word. <laughs> Fern gold has been the definition of the rich, the elite. But what is really the importance in our lives? Is it the stuff we have that costs more than my apartment is worth? Or is it the things like the small adorable fluff ball that is the, a chinchilla? The smooth, stinky butt of a giant river otter? Or even the beauty that the mountains, rivers, and forests gives us? We as humans get to decide how we spend our time and our money. And I just hope that you, Hope to be like me and waste away your riches and clock on the animals and plants of this world. Maybe more so protecting the animals than smoking weed all day, but you do you. And if you're poor like me and can't afford to give away any of your precious money, because let's face it, you need to survive as well, let me at least thank you for giving me and the animals your time as you've taken the first step into helping to make the world a more wonderfully weird planet and even more amazingly weird than it already is just by listening to this podcast. Thank you. I'll see you next time, and be sure to stay weird.